Hello and welcome to ADHD Fest, the podcast all about adult ADHD with some self-improvement and law of attraction put in there as well, all geared towards the ADHD brain of course. I am your host Tara Pratt and this week we are talking about something that is very current, very relevant right now and that is medication and the alternatives to it. The reason why I wanted to touch on this at the moment is probably obvious to you. We've got a massive shortage of ADHD medication in the UK right now and people are really struggling. But also I think it's an important topic because there's a lot of people that choose not to use medication. I've never really wanted to give my opinion either way. I will tell you exactly what my experience is. I I am on medication Um, But I don't think there's a right or wrong. There's only a right or wrong for you. So I haven't really, I've kind of avoided this subject before because I'm obviously biased towards medication because that's what I've done and I haven't done the alternative. But now it looks like a lot of us, whether we're on medication or not, are having to find alternatives. So I thought this might be useful for any of you out there that either A, have just been diagnosed and don't want to go down the the medication route or if you are on medication and you can't get it at the moment. And I'm so sorry to everyone that's struggling at the moment because I know that feeling of relief when you find something that works and then it's taken away. It's just not great. So we can only do what we can do. I've been trying to keep up with when things are coming back into stock. Um, It looks like November there's a big wave of them and then some of them are not until January. So it's only temporary It's hard, but it's temporary and we've got to do what we can do to get ourselves through. So first of all, let's touch on the pros of medication and what it helps with. And then once I've done that, I'm also going to touch on the cons because it's not all sunshine and rainbows. And then I'm going to come back to those pros that we were talking about and talk about alternatives, how to achieve each pro through something natural or maybe not natural, maybe some of these things aren't the healthiest. Like I know one of my recommendations, I'll give you a clue, is going to be caffeine, um, which isn't the healthiest. But if you've got no alternative, then, you know, it's better than self-medicating with some kind of illegal substance. So some of the side effects of stimulant medication can be quite strong. There's two types of ADHD medications, the stimulant and non-stimulant, and they all affect people differently. As always with ADHD, the research just isn't really there on what works. There's no one answer for everyone. We're going to start first with the pros and I'll also talk through as I'm reading these out, I'm going to give you my personal experience of this as well. So the first one is reduced procrastination. I have to say this, I did have reduced procrastination when I first started on medication As my body's gotten more and more used to it, I do still procrastinate here and there. It's just nowhere near as bad as it was in the first place. So I don't procrastinate as much, but you don't get to choose what you focus on. So focus is improved for sure, but it doesn't mean I'm going to do the jobs I'm supposed to do. At the end of the day, neurotypicals procrastinate all the time. It's not going to eliminate it. And that's why I think the key word here is it is reduced, not gotten rid of. The next one is motivation increases. Now, I personally don't think ADHD is a motivation problem. I know personally, 
I don't have a motivation problem. I want to do a lot of things. If anything, I'm too motivated. I'm very ambitious and I want to do a lot of things. I just want to do them all at once and it becomes overwhelming and then I do nothing. It's not a motivation issue for me. So I'm not sure I agree with that, that motivation increases. I think what they're trying to say is probably you can prioritize better and you can get certain, you can choose which one of those you want to do and you're motivated to do it. So maybe it's seeing the wood through the trees. The next one is afternoon drowsiness lessens or diminishes altogether. Now, I have to say, once I was on my medication full time, like once I'd worked my way up, yes, I would agree with that. The afternoon isn't so, I always hit about three o'clock and I'm so tired. Whereas now I can stretch that out till about six o'clock. But when I first started my medication, I was quite drowsy, um, especially because I was able to get so much more done. I was more physically tired than mentally tired, if that makes sense. So the mental tiredness does lessen, but because I'm doing more physical things, the physical tiredness is a little bit more. Productivity spikes, that's true. I am a lot more productive when I'm on my medication. As I said before, I'm not getting specific things done. Like maybe I should be more productive in different areas, but I am getting things done. Productivity is definitely up social life tends to improve. I agree with this. My social life has massively improved since I've been on medication. But the reason for that, because social life improving, it's not really, that's not really explaining how it works with the medication. For me, I just had a very low level anxiety at all times. And that actually reached quite a high level of social anxiety pre-pandemic. So it reduces the anxiety. I think because my brain isn't overthinking as much, I'm not overthinking what I'm saying, what I'm doing, it lessens that social anxiety. And so I can just be myself a little bit more. So it's definitely improved my social life. Then performance in school or work improves. I have to say it's a no from me on that front. (laughs) My performance in work and school has pretty much always been the same. I'm good when I'm good and I'm bad when I'm bad. And as I say, the medication for me, it does allow me to focus more. So I'm probably getting it done more often, but my performance is probably the same. Then impulsivity decreases. I would say that's a no for me. That's not what medication did for me at all. I'm still just as impulsive. Attention span expands. Yes, that 100% was my experience. My attention span expanded. The problem is, as I said before, I'm going to keep repeating myself, it's like hyper-focus. So you know when you're not medicated and you're hyper-focused on something and you forget to eat and you forget to do things? It's like that, but more often. So I could become hyper-focused on cleaning my lounge and normally not medicated. That is not what I would find myself hyper-focused on. But then I do still forget to eat. And then I think, oh, sugar, I was meant to do 10 other jobs. But at least I've gotten that first one done. It helps me to be a completer finisher. Whereas before I would start cleaning my lounge, it'd end up a mess, messier than before because I'm halfway through the job. And then I do 10 other jobs halfway through. So it helps you to complete and finish tasks. Or it helps me, at least that's my experience. And focus lasts for longer periods of time. Yes, I'd say that comes under the same category hyperactivity lessons. Now I am inattentive type, so I am not hyperactive, so I can't speak to that. But I do think I have the hyperactive in my brain. So I'm very chatty, as you can probably tell on this podcast. I'm an oversharer and I overthink and my brain is always chattering away and it definitely does lessen that. It doesn't stop it. I've heard people say they take medication and they're like, oh my God, 
I can think a thought and it's so quiet in my brain. That's not my experience, but I can just order my thoughts better. And then thoughts slow down to a manageable pace. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. That's more my experience of it. So all of these things sound great. I want to say if you haven't tried medication, I hope me telling you my personal experience of it there shows you that it's not a tick list. It's not a definite, this will happen if you take medication. It's not a miracle. I don't get all of those results. I probably might get a few different ones, actually. I feel my mood is boosted for sure. I feel like me on a good day, but I think that might just be because everything's just a little bit less hard. I don't lose my phone 10 times a day. On a day that I'm not medicated, guaranteed I will lose my phone at least three times in that day. Whereas when I'm medicated, I might lose it three times in a week, if you know what I mean. And that's not on that list. So it's not a one size fits all. Don't feel like you're missing out on something because you're not medicated, because you're not guaranteed this tick list of results. Looking down at the cons of medication, there are side effects and it depends whether you're on stimulant medication or non-stimulant. So I'm on stimulant. I'm going to look through these side effects and I'm going to tell you which ones I've had or I haven't had. Feeling jittery. Yes, I have had that. Basically, you go through titration when you start medication. So they increase your dose. They start you on a very low dose and they increase it slightly, slightly, slightly. And every time I would jump the first couple of days, I would feel jittery like just you know it's hard to explain jittery probably covers it I hope you understand what I mean by that trouble falling asleep I have never had this problem I know a lot of people with ADHD have that problem anyway without medication I don't have trouble falling asleep at all I can fall asleep straight away but I do have a lot of dreams and I toss and turn a lot and that hasn't really changed between medicated or not loss of appetite yes a hundred percent that happened to me in during titration. So until my body got used to it, I completely lost my appetite and I lost a lot of weight and I probably was a bit underweight. I have to say now that it's completely evened out. I'm my normal size, if not a little bit heavier than I used to be before medication. So it wasn't a long-term thing for me. Nausea and upset stomach. I don't think, have I had that? Sometimes, sometimes if I'm going up the dose, because I have to lower my dose for time of the month, it doesn't, my medication, I get side effects if I take it full dose at the time of the month. So I lower it right down. And sometimes when I'm going back up to the full dose after that, I do get a bit of a dodgy tummy, but it's not like it doesn't affect me really. It's not huge, but I know people do get that. Irritability. I tend to get this at the end of the day when it's wearing off. So as it's wearing off, I do get irritable. <laughs> it's funny. Pete knows, the kids know. It's just that time of day where they need to leave me for some quiet time just for half an hour while it wears off. Dizziness. I don't get this. I used to get it a lot before I was medicated. I'm quite low blood pressure. So I don't get any dizziness. Haven't really. Headaches. Yes, I got that when I was first in titration. So the first six months. Now that I'm on it, I don't get them at all. Depression. That never happened to me. Um, I never felt depressed on them. In fact, probably the opposite. I feel like me on a good day on them. Um, but if you do have depression on them, it's best to speak to your doctor again. Accelerated heartbeat. This can be dangerous. So, you know, these are the things you've got to take into consideration. It's just trial and error. For me, I've never had the accelerated heartbeat. Um, but if you do, then you shouldn't really be on them. Involuntary movements and ticks. Now... I've not spoken about this before, I don't think, on the podcast, 
but I did get an involuntary movement and a tick for a short time when I was on um, titration. So we went up to the top dose that I tried and it worked really well. And I was like, yeah, this is a great dose for me. And then I think it hit around my period and I didn't know then that it affected me in a different way. Anyway, I had a really sore mouth. It gives you a lot of dry mouth when you're first getting on it as well. I had very dry mouth, but the benefits were so good. I was like, I don't care. And I didn't want to eat anyway because I'd, I'd reduced appetite. But I shouldn't laugh because it was painful and it was weird. But I, my tongue kept making a really weird movement in my mouth. They kept like just flicking to the side. I couldn't do it now if you asked me. If you were like, show me what happened. I can't do it. It was completely involuntary. But it just kept doing it. And I didn't notice at first that it kept happening. I know that's weird to say. But I just thought I was doing it at first. But then I thought, can I stop this? And I tried to stop and I couldn't stop. And it was just every, say, once a minute, I, I would flick my tongue to the side. And in the end, it was make, it was rubbing my tongue. So yes, the ticks are a very real thing. So I got scared then and I asked the psychiatrist to take me down to a lower level of medication, which is a shame because that top dose really did feel like it got rid of a lot of the ADHD symptoms. And I felt really disappointed that it was giving me side effects. But as I say, it's a monthly thing that I have to come down lower. It still gives me side effects if I stay on my lower but full dose now, but not ticks I haven't had ticks since then but yes it can be a bit scary it does give you that or it gave me that anyway then what's the next one high blood pressure I've never had that problem but as I say I have always had low blood pressure but you need to get that checked if you do and weight loss yes I 100% had weight loss while I was getting used to them now I'm absolutely fine then they've got the side effects of non-stimulant medication so I'm not on this one so I'm just going to read them to you there's drowsiness fatigue dizziness trouble falling asleep nausea and upset stomach vomiting mood swings and weight loss so there's a lot of them that are similar on there whether they're stimulant or non-stimulant but I think it's important to go through the cons again similar to the pros it's not a tick list you're not going to get all of them I hope by me reading through them, you can see I didn't have all of them, but I did get some of them. It was temporary. Luckily for me, they were temporary. They weren't life-threatening ones. They weren't derogatory to my actual health. Um, But it's just about finding that balance. So all the improvements that I've got, all the improvements that they promise you, you can get through natural remedies. The issue is, I think the main issue with the natural remedies is the nature of ADHD puts us into ADHD overwhelm, burnout and paralysis and the natural remedies that we can take, the natural steps that definitely help us, they're proven to help us, it's very hard to get ourselves to do. So that's the problem. The medication is like the shortcut and it comes at a price because obviously it's a stimulant medication and you can have side effects and who knows what the long-term effects are. We don't know, but it's like a shortcut. If you really cannot get yourselves to do these other natural things that will benefit your ADHD, then the medication will do it for you. But at the moment, a lot of us do not have the option of the shortcut. So we've got to really try and force ourselves to do these other things that we know will benefit us and our ADHD. And I want to preface all of these points, all of these topics, all of these tips by saying, 
as much as we want to try and push ourselves because we know it's going to be good for us and our ADHD, please, 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 I'm begging you, do not beat yourself up for not doing them because that is just going to kill it all. No matter what good you do, by the little you do, if you start beating yourself up because you miss a day, you're going to go right back down to the bottom. So we're just going to accept the level we're at. We're going to take anything that we do do towards a positive outcome and reducing those symptoms as a win. And we're not going to berate ourselves for the things that we don't do. So we're up to the bit that you've actually been waiting for, and that is what we can do naturally to combat our ADHD symptoms or lessen them because even the medication doesn't cure it. All we can do is lessen them. In my list, I've included things that are recommended by medical professionals and experts, but also I'm throwing a few of my own personal recommendations in there as well, because why not? These are my real lived experiences and these are the things that I know definitely work. So number one recommended by the experts, you've probably heard it before, but I'm going to say it again because if you're not doing it, then you don't know it, is exercise. Exercise is one of the number one things you can do to help your ADHD. And if you've read any ADHD studies or books, um, there's ADHD 2.0 was the one I was recommended by my psychiatrist. The psychiatrist or psychologist? I think psychiatrist. Um, she recommended that one. And one of the main things he was saying was how balance exercise helps kids. So working on their balance, like balance boards and things like that really helps. But any exercise is going to stimulate that part of your brain. It's going to stimulate the dopamine the same as stimulant medication does, because that's all they do. They stimulate the dopamine and the noroepiphrine. I can never pronounce that but they stimulate those two things in the brain and it helps you to focus and helps you with things like that. We want to stimulate those naturally. So exercise is a perfect one. Don't get stuck in the mindset that exercise is jogging, that exercise is the gym, that exercise is, I don't know, something specific. It can be anything. You can ride a bike, you can go for a walk, you can jump up and down, you can put music on and dance. Anything that gets your body moving is going to stimulate dopamine. It doesn't have to be an hour-long class. It can be a 10-minute dance party with the kids in the morning. I honestly, when I get up in the morning and dress Theo in his uniform, he's quite good, but he's just like, oh, I'm tired and I want to do this now and he's being slow. I'll stick some music on. He loves, um, especially on Fridays, we put that Friday again. We stick that on and we're all dancing around or he loves a bit of uh, Waka Waka Shakira. <laughs> it's time for Africa or a bit of the Aladdin soundtrack or something. We dance all around the room while we're getting our uniform on in the morning. And it really helps get that, because that's another one as well that stimulates dopamine, is music. Whatever music you love, get it on. That's really going to stimulate your brain. It's going to wake you up. On the opposite end of the spectrum, if you've got to go to work and it's like really boring, mundane tasks, and you're not going to be able to be blasting your music while you're doing it, do not do that. Do not play music first thing in the morning. What you want to do is a low dopamine morning. You want it to be very non-stimulating. You want to do as little as possible to stimulate your dopamine. Don't pick up your phone and scroll through it straight away. Because the problem is if we stimulate our dopamine first thing in the morning and then we're going to do a really boring mundane task after it, we have a massive dopamine crash and it's going to make you feel very low. So you can do things that are nice, but just low dopamine, like nice little uh, decaf coffee, maybe, maybe just, you know, potter about, 
have some time looking at a nice view, maybe do some soft stretches. So that's what you want to do if you've got to get through a boring day. If you're trying to wake yourself up, you're trying to stimulate your brain and you're going to do some kind of work that excites you or you've got a day at home or something and you just want to have a good ADHD day, then we want to stimulate the dopamine as much as possible with exercise, with um, music blasting. One of the pros of medication is less procrastination. So I was trying to think, okay, they don't really give us an alternative to that medically. Like how can we naturally stop procrastination? We could do, I think they offer CBT on um, the NHS. I don't really agree with CBT personally. One tip that I would give you is the five second rule, which is by Mel Robbins. You can read her book. It's called five second rule, but I'm going to give you a summary of it right here, right now. There's a lot of science behind it. It sounds very simple, but there's a lot of science behind it. All you're going to do is count down backwards from five before you want to do something. So say you sat on the couch or you're in bed and you need to get up in the morning and you're trying to will yourself to get out of the bed and go and brush your teeth and you just can't do it. You are overwhelmed. You're paralyzed. You can't do it. You're going to go five, four, three, two, one, move. And you push yourself out of bed on the word move no matter what. You just get yourself up. Even if you don't know what you want to do, you're just trying to get out of bed. You jump up as fast as you can. And the five, four, three, two, one, counting down backwards, focuses your brain on that and it stops you from arguing with yourself. It stops you from talking yourself out of doing it. And if you can move and just keep moving from that point, you will get more done. Give it a try. There's science behind it, as I say. You might not believe me now. You might not want to give it a try. And that is why reading the book really helps because it helps you to understand why it's beneficial to do this silly five, four, three, two, one thing. But it 100% helps with my procrastination. Another tip from the experts is high protein. So high protein definitely helps with ADHD. I can't fully remember why. And my internet's down right now because we're having a power cut. So I can't even Google it. But trust me, the protein helps. I think it's to do with the production of dopamine. It helps. Yeah, it helps that. That's what they recommend is a high protein, particularly breakfast first thing in the morning. I've shared on my Instagram before. If you're over there, I try and get protein in wherever I can. I'm a real carb girl, but I've tried to pack protein into every meal in some way. And it definitely does help with focus. My tip not so healthy but if you are used to medication and you're struggling and you've got no alternative I'm giving you permission now is caffeine like try caffeine has the opposite effect if you're new to ADHD and you're wondering why the hell I would recommend caffeine caffeine is a stimulant ADHD medication is a stimulant that's what they're going to give you they do have non-stimulant alternatives but first they will try you with a stimulant because it has the opposite effect on the ADHD brain a caffeine to a neurotypical might make them all like all over the place, jump up and down, a bit jittery if they have too much. Whereas ADHD is the caffeine will calm us down. It slows your thoughts. It helps you think more clearly. So that's my recommendation is caffeine. Only in the short term, of course, please be healthy. And I'm not a medical expert, disclaimer there. So, you know, these are just my opinions. And then they didn't list this as a pro, but I list it as a pro is it improves my mood. I'm much happier when I'm on it, probably because I'm having a better day, but I wanted to include some natural mood boosters. So one I would recommend is EFT. 
I've spoken about this before. If you want to scroll back through the podcasts, there's one called An Alternative to Meditation. And it is a form of meditation, but it's like active meditation that I find much more helpful if you've got ADHD and you struggle to sit down and just close your eyes and breathe. So you will find, if you type in EFT into YouTube, there's a million free tutorials that you can follow along with and they have it for pretty much everything. So if you want to change your mood, it's a really good way to do it. It's very quick. They're like five to 10 minute videos. You tap on different parts of your body usually the side of your hand, top of your head, in between your eyebrows, side of your eye, top lip and chest. And they just, you can do it for any topic. So if you're feeling anxious, you can put in EFT for anxiety and one will pop up. If you are feeling low mood, you want to type in EFT for low mood and it'll bring something up. And it's just a very quick way. It works for me every time. It doesn't always get me all the way to the other side of that mood, but it just makes things a little bit better. And the other one I've put here that might sound uh, counterintuitive is habit stacking. So with ADHD, we find it very difficult to create a habit, a lot harder than the neurotypical. The only thing that has worked for me is habit stacking. So this comes from the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. Basically, you take whatever habit you already have and you add another one into that. Mine recently, I've been trying to work on my skincare. I just, I've got a lot of skincare stuff because I used to work in skincare. But now that I don't work in it anymore, there's like no motivation, there's no deadline, there's nothing for me doing it. So it just sits on my shelf and my skin is really showing it. Like I can tell the difference. So I was thinking, what can I stack this into? I know it's good for me. I know it's going to make me feel better, but I just can't get myself to do it. So I got myself a clear pouch and I put all of my skincare in there that I need to just do a routine. And I've put it by the side of my bed. I've put it into my habit, a bad habit, unfortunately. But at night I get into bed and I start playing my game on my phone and watching something on the telly. So I've added it in that I can't start playing my game on my phone until I have done my skincare. And it's right there next to me so I don't have to go anywhere. So now it's a habit. I get into bed, I put the telly on, I'm watching one of my programs and I just do my skincare while I'm sat there. Unfortunately, I don't wash my face. I do my face in the morning with my Lumi Spa. In the night, I've just had to accept that, you know what, I'm not going to get out of bed and use that Lumi Spa and get myself wet. It's just not going to happen. So instead, I've got micellar water. I use that to take my makeup off and I do, you know, it's better than nothing. And that has been working really well for me. And why this is a mood booster is number one, we can get ourselves to do things like exercise, which is a mood booster. You know, I can tell you till the cows come home that do exercise, do exercise. But unless you stick it into your habits and make time for it, you're never going to do it and your mood is going to suffer. So yeah, for one, we can do the things that we know are good for us. But on the other side as well, habits stuck in like this, I feel a real sense of achievement. Maybe not the moment I'm doing it. Maybe I'm hating every minute of doing my skincare. But the next day I'm like, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of myself that I've done that skincare routine last night. My skin feels better for it. I'm happier. It's a mood booster. So yeah, that is my other tip. Last but not least, I want to talk about reducing anxiety, low mood, sadness as well, naturally. 
without the, I suppose it, it's kind of tied in with mood boosting, but I'm talking more about the anxiety. It's not about trying to change yourself to feel a bit happier. It's getting rid of a horrible feeling, if you know what I mean. Rather than trying to be happier, you're just trying to get rid of a not so nice feeling. The recommendation, of course, is therapy. They recommend CBT. I recommend talk therapy. And also, just a quick segue here, when you're picking a therapist, don't go with the first one unless they are perfect for you and you feel like, wow, I really gel with this person. I My first therapist I got through BetterHelp, it just didn't, I had to fill out a profile and I felt like she just didn't match any of my profile whatsoever. So I turned her down. I was like, look, I'm really sorry, but I just don't feel like, I feel like they've matched us by accident. It doesn't make sense. It's nothing about you personally. It's just, I want something specific. And I ended up with a therapist that is absolutely perfect for me. She feels more like a friend. It's like chatting with a friend, except she's an expert on brains and can help me walk through some of my feelings and stuff. So talk therapy, I would 100% recommend if you can afford it or if the NHS are offering it to you, then that is a good alternative. Another thing, again, is EFT. Absolutely fantastic for anxiety you can do it as many times as you want it's really calming and if you can try and be in some nice soft pajamas while you're doing it try and light a candle do it like you would do meditation in a quiet room by yourself eft feels really good another one is massage obviously you can go out and buy a massage or con one of your children into giving you a massage or your partner or someone you know if you're really stressed and they love you try and get a massage, trade massages. I don't know, but it really helps. That sense of touch releases the oxytocin. It helps reduce anxiety. It just relaxes your muscles as well. I'm going to say to you right here, right now, if you're listening, just lower your shoulders. Go on, just relax your shoulders. Take a deep breath in, hold it and breathe out longer than you breathe in. And just these simple things reduce your anxiety I know whenever I'm feeling anxious I have to ask myself are my shoulders tight oh yeah drop them drop them lower it signals to your body it sends out chemicals in your body to say okay it's time to relax drop them shoulders and take a deep breath whenever you can and along that path I want to recommend something that you might not all like but I'm going to recommend it anyway yoga So you don't have to do hard yoga. There's yoga for all levels. There's yoga nidra, which I actually love. I was listening to Francesca Amber podcast this morning. If you don't know who she is, she's just another podcaster that I mention on here all the time. But she was talking about a book that recommended yoga nidra and she went and she didn't get it. She didn't enjoy it. I have to say that I absolutely love yoga nidra. It's like a replenishing sleep. They just put you on bolsters, you hold different positions and it's just like... It's just like sleep, really. Although I like a mix of yoga nidra and what's the other one called? Yin. Yin yoga and yoga nidra. So you hold different positions and stretches for a long time. And then you have like this yogic sleep. Love it. It's great for relaxing your muscles, reducing anxiety and just having that time to just chill. But if you want to do the more strenuous yoga, that helps too. When I first started yoga years ago, and I don't do it on a regular basis, by the way, this is not me like, oh, I'm a yoga nut and you should go and do it. I do it very rarely. When I'm feeling super stressed, I like a yoga class. When I first started doing it, I nearly burst out crying in one of the lessons and I couldn't understand why. I was like, uh, why am I feeling so emotional? 
And I spoke to the teacher afterwards and she was like, we store a lot of our emotions and tension in our muscles. It's the same as saying, put your shoulders down. It's at signals to your body. So when you do these certain stretches, it signals to your body, oh, you don't need to hold that stress anymore. You can let it go. And it's related to somatic release, S-O-M-A-T-I-C, where we store memories, we store trauma, we store pain in the body, and it's just releasing it out. It really does help. And I would recommend, if you can, try and get yourself up to yoga. Maybe you can do it as part of your habit stacking. So that uh, that is all of my tips for natural um, alternatives to medication. There are supplements you can take as well. I personally don't want to recommend any specific supplements because I don't take them. So I don't want to say to you, oh, take this supplement, it'll really help you. But all you've got to do is Google supplements for ADHD and there is a wealth of them. Don't get the expensive ones. Although some of them, they do have higher quality ingredients. But what I'm saying is don't get like the branded ones that are like, oh, this is going to cure your ADHD. It's not going to cure your ADHD. The one supplement, no, two supplements I absolutely will recommend. And you should take these whether you're on medication or not. Absolutely have worked for me is omega-3, a really good quality omega-3 and vitamin D. Because there's so many studies about how people with ADHD are low and deficient in vitamin D. It causes bruxism, which is grinding your teeth. So if you are grinding your teeth or if you get up in the morning and you look at your tongue and you've got all little dints around your tongue, like where your teeth have been sat, you've probably got a vitamin D deficiency. Again, not a doctor, not a medical expert. I'm just telling you my own personal experience. So yeah, high quality omega-3 is really good for your brain in general and vitamin D have helped me massively. But there's specific ones for ADHD. I can't remember the full name of them. It's like thenamine or something like that. As I say, I haven't taken them, so I'm not going to recommend them to you. But please go out and do some research and just try them. They're not harmful. Saffron extract is another one I've heard about. Again, I haven't tried it. They're not harmful. But these are just things that you can try to help yourself while you're either trying to work through your ADHD through therapy or you're waiting for the medication to come back into the country. I hope you're all having a fabulous week. If you're not sick of me and you want to hear some more, don't forget the Body Doubling Club is going strong. You can join on Apple. There's a link down below for the Patreon. Come and see me over there. We're doing things together live and I've got a few exciting things up my sleeve. So if you want to hear about those first, don't forget to sign up for free to the newsletter. That link's going to be here down below as well. And a bit of a niche one, if you are listening now and you have a podcast of your own and you would like me to come and speak to your listeners about ADHD or the law of attraction, I have a little window in my diary between now and December. So probably up until the first week of December, I'm opening up to do some guest spots. So if you would like to see me on a podcast, let them know. Or if you have a podcast, reach out to me. I also am thinking about getting some guests on here. What do you think? I kind of like talking to myself and talking to you afterwards and then just rolling on a topic that we all want to talk about. But I am thinking of getting some guests on here. I just don't know, A, how to vet them to see if they're good, a good fit for us. And B, I don't really understand the tech. But watch this space. We may have some guests on here too. So if you're interested in being a guest, let me know that too. And I'm going to see you all soon, guys. Hope you have a lovely weekend and I'll see you next Friday. Bye.